You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Well, good morning. We are delighted you're here with us. Honestly, you are so special to us. We thank God because of you. Before I launch in this morning, can I just read to us from Ephesians chapter 1? And this really sums up and articulates the feelings we have for you. It says this, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with the light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will be able to understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honour at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. We have not stopped thanking God because of you. You are so special to us. We pray for you constantly asking that God would give you wisdom and insight, that you would be people that grow in knowledge, that your hearts would be flooded with light, that you would understand the confident hope he's given you. He's given us a confident hope that you would have and know that confident hope in this time. Steph and I thank God for you as a church. You know, the last few weeks we've been walking through a new series called Rise Up. I've based some of the thinking, the wording and the phrasing of that on the vision talk we gave recently. If you missed that or any of these in this series, we'd encourage you to watch them because we said we believe it is time that we rise up to individually and collectively be all that God has called us to be as the church that this is a time for us to step into the fullness God has for us. There is much ahead for us as a church if we will rise up and take our place. Before I launch in, I I just want to say there is a step up and a step in moment for some of you. Going upstairs is is harder than walking on the flat. Some of you are going to have to take a step, to take a risk moment, to have to take action. It's going to involve a change. There may be a sacrifice or a moment of realising or embracing the unknown. I believe that for some of you. If you feel that, then honestly, welcome aboard. And I believe he wants to activate that in your life. Stepping out and stepping in involves a stretch, and a stretch is going to take you to the next level and the, the next stage of your faith in the discovery of all that God has for you. You know, in the moment, it doesn't always look or feel comfortable, but being unsettled has the potential for a new trajectory for all that the Father might want to do in your life. I feel that for some of you. I almost want to speak that over some of you. I hope hope that's helpful, but that's what I, I just felt as I was preparing today. But I want to speak about rising up, in particular, having authority. We have authority as we live under God's anointing, and that authority is for us, 
for the church and for the city. And I believe we need to know and understand the authority that we have to understand it, to live under it, and to bring it to bear on our lives, on the church, and for the extension of the kingdom in the city. Let me just give you a snapshot of what I mean. I remember when I was at school, I can remember now when the teacher was off sick for whatever reason that might be and you'd have a supply teacher. I have no idea if that's what they call them now but that's what we called them then. You, you had a teacher who would cover until your teacher returned. Now in, in a sentence, oh my goodness, that poor soul. That poor supply teacher when they turned up. You know, the class would, would, would adapt from being a fairly average, predominantly mild, slightly energetic, well-mannered group of children who took their educational development and their social responsibility seriously. They would adapt from that and all of that would go out of the window and they would adapt into what I can only describe as a full-scale riot. It was like prison rules. This, this thing would, the classroom would de de descend into what was really on the verge of a civil war. And the supply teacher, initially seeking to exert some form of authority, lasted for about two minutes. And then they, from then on, they realized that not only had they lost the room, but it wasn't their room. They, you know, she wouldn't ever need to return, but would be paid the same. So adopted what I always saw as a bit more of like a zoo mentality. It was like, keep the animals in the cage. Don't feed them. Uh, worst case scenario, go and get the zoo ranger, which was the, the head teacher, whose job was really, their job was just to, to contain this thing. It was like damage limitation. Forget the education, let's just focus on retaining the structure of, of the building. Now, of course, I slightly over-exaggerate that, but I think for some of you, you will know what I mean. I feel like what I'm really describing for is really just homeschooling. That's what it's looked like throughout lockdown. Forget the education, distract them enough so they're not doing hand painting on the walls. And uh, maybe that's just us. In fact, maybe that's, maybe that's just me. But anyway, the supply teacher thing, I'm not sure any of you would know what I'm talking about because you've never seen or experienced anything like that. And I, of course, when I was at school, I was purely just the victim to the wider class's behavior. And I would sit there just with my arms folded, fully attentive to everything that was being asked of me. But I, you know, it, it was always amazes me in those moments with a supply teacher that just before the end of the day, you could see just in the five minutes before the end of the day, almost this mist of fear would descend on the class. They knew our normal teacher would be back tomorrow. And unless somebody managed to rewrite the handover notes, we were about to get an absolute roasting for the way the class had acted. First lesson of the day for us this morning, I believe, is we need to be people that pray without ceasing for supply teachers. But I guess what I wanted to get at is authority. Authority looks different at different times. It depends on various factors, like that teacher often had no authority as a result of the circumstances and the dynamics around her. It depended 
but it, authority also depends on how you see it. It depends on how you steward it. It depends on how and what you have authority over. It depends on the context. It depends on the people around you, those that you're in relationship with. But I believe our understanding of authority is crucial to our ability to steward all that the Father has entrusted to us and is crucial in our ability to rise up and take hold of all that he has for us. Let me just frame this conversation around three really simple points. The authority of being anointed, the authority to proclaim, and the authority to comfort and heal. I want to drop all of that within the context of all I spoke on a few weeks ago of investing in the city. This is very much a continuation of that conversation. To invest, we need to know the authority that is on us to invest. Now let's just have a quick look. I've, we've looked at this passage before, it's a very familiar passage, but I wanna lay it in the context of Isaiah 61. Let me read it to us. It says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be set free. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favour has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Let's just consider this in the context of authority. We are anointed. God's anointed and he anoints and he prepares people for service. Seeking to see an overflow of the Holy Spirit in individuals' lives under the anointing um, of the Holy Spirit, breathing life into places and spaces that we interact with. That's what I said a few weeks ago. I want to say that you are anointed. Do you realise that right now? that you're anointed by God. All of this is possible because God has given you the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 1.21, it is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and as he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first instalment that guarantees everything he has promised for us. By giving the Holy Spirit, God has already given you the deposit in advance of what you will one day receive in full. You know, in the Old Testament, there were three groups of people that were anointed. There was kings, priests, and prophets. Through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, we are all now anointed with a kingly, kingly anointing, a priestly anointed, and a prophetic anointing. What does, it, what does that mean? What, what am I saying? What does that mean in practice? Well, a kingly anointing is that you have a kingly anointing for battle against temptation, sin, evil, whatever that might be. You have a priestly anointing. You have a priestly anointing to pray, to worship, to connect, to relate to God. The priests in the Old Testament were anointed to be the mediators between God and human beings. In the light of Jesus, we believe that we all now have access to God through Jesus. You have a priestly anointing, and then you have a prophetic anointing. You have a prophetic anointing to speak the good news about Jesus. The church is God's agent to bring the good news of Jesus to the world. You are anointed 
We need to know that. We don't want to take that lightly because with the realization of anointing comes authority. When we understand what we have, we can start to live it out. When you realize, hey, this, this isn't just my good idea. I'm not acting on my behalf. I actually carry a mandate from the king. I'm a kingdom representative anointed to act on his behalf. Do you, do you understand the significance and the weight of what I'm saying? Hey, if you walk into any environment, if you walk into, let's say, your workplace with that hat on, with that understanding, it kind of changes how you view yourself and how you view the workplace or whatever environment it is that you're in, because you're anointed. And with that comes authority. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me. And it's time for us to rise up and live in the understanding of what's been imparted to us. Okay, so you're anointed. What does, what does that actually mean? How, how does that actually alter the way you live? Well, one of those ways is it gives you, the second point I want to mention, it gives you the authority to proclaim. There is power that is given, and it's given for a purpose. We have been anointed not just to sit back and bask in the, the sun and kind of congratulate ourselves on a job well done. We have power for a purpose. <clears throat> we're meant to use it, and we're meant to steward it. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, and he has, for He has anointed me. Okay, why and what for? Well, to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that the captives will be free, and that, sorry, will be released, and that the prisoners will be freed. Proclamation is powerful. There's power in the authority of that. Now, let's, let's just be a bit careful about understanding what I don't mean by proclamation is gospel grenading, you know? What I don't mean is that we just shout at people about what we think is a good idea. Hey, listen, turn, repent, listen to this, get on board or else. He's called us as kingdom people to do kingdom stuff. And that involves proclamation and demonstration. To only do half of what we've been called to is not the complete gospel message. So we must do all that God has placed upon us. The manifestation of the Spirit is not supposed to be the, the exception, it's supposed to be the norm. The test of spiritual maturity is not the ability to speak in tongues or prophesy or to memorize passages of the Bible, it's the ability to love God and to love others, learning to serve others by loving the unloving by unloving those that are unlovely, the less fortunate, the lost, and the broken. The highest calling that we have is that we would fulfill that purpose when we're on earth. Proclamation, living that out, needs authority. If we have anointing, if we have understanding of authority that comes with that, we cannot not proclaim the kingdom. If we proclaim the kingdom, we cannot not demonstrate the kingdom. Let, let me explain what I mean. If you know the authority of God in your life, what, what do you mean you will have the authority to proclaim something? Well, let me, let me share what I mean. When, when you walk into a room, they will know that there's an authority on you. That comes with the anointing, and that's part of our proclamation. Not because you have a magnetic personality, not because you're the loudest and fastest or smartest, not, be not because of any of that, but because you carry the authority of God into the room. What well, you do, if you realise it, 
And that's my point. We need to realize it and know it and then live it because our job description when we know that, is to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to, to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that the captives will be released and that the prisoners will be freed. So what's that, what's that look like? It really means you have an open door to start opening doors. You know, you're invited, your life, your faith, your discipleship journey is invited to start opening doors for people. I don't know if you've ever thought of it that way, but whatever room you are in, do you see that the, the authority that you have and carry to start opening doors to people's lives and hearts, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and socially? This, this is a remarkable time. There is so much confusion and pain happening everywhere that we see, surface level and deeper, such a draining of hope so much anxiety, such a burden of loss, such a burden of financial constraints. So what, what do we do about it? Well, our job description is to carry the authority of proclamation into those environments, to bring good news to the poor. He sent me, he sent you to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that the captives will be released and that the prisoners will be freed. I believe part of the proclamation really is about is about authority. It's an authority thing. You walk into any environment or situation knowing the authority you carry and what you represent and it changes the atmosphere. It has the power to do that. You breathe hope where previously there wouldn't have been, been any. You bring love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness and self-control as you walk into the room you, because you carry an abundance of authority because you ultimately are carrying Jesus into that room. You walk in and you take in the fruits of the Spirit into that room in a living, tangible, temperature-changing way. The news we have for the poor is actually good news. It's, it's not if we don't have authority, because then it's just news, but it's good news because we bring the light and the life of Jesus because we carry authority because we're his representatives. And he sends us, and he sends us with authority to proclaim, to bring it, to declare it, to release it, to unveil it, to offer it, to try and find environments that it could see the fullness of it. That's what we do, that's what we carry, that's the anointing that is on us to break in the authority and to proclaim the kingdom of God. I believe, you know, we've, we're seeing some of that with the journey that we're on as a church in, um, with child poverty that we've been on for a little while. There is, there is a proclamation of that that we have to step into. As, as we um, yearn for things, as we long for breakthrough and it stirs in us and others and we see other churches now and actually the mayor and celebrities and there is momentum behind it in this city. We have to step into the authority over an expanse that in the human seems impossible, but we're declaring, we're proclaiming, we're, 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 we're trying to release the authority of God over parts of this city that are not currently aligned to him. Of course we do that in faith. It's faith, it's belief, it's trust in God's authority. Okay, let's, let's just try and land that for us personally though. So yeah, all of that is well and good, but so what for me? How does that look for me? You know, if, if I don't take the realisation of my anointing, I won't take the realisation of the authority that I have to proclaim. And if I do, it's going to change each and every environment that I'm in. 
when I'm sat at the meal table, my stance and my attitude are going to be different. When I'm stuck behind the slowest Sunday driver, my stance and my attitude are going to be different. When I'm stuck on a Zoom call, you know, my facial expressions will be different. When I'm drained by a colleague and their negativity, my stance will not wallow in a pit of despair. I'm going to change the atmosphere. I'm going to bring something to lift it and change it. When I realise the authority I have, I will rise with renewed hope to bring life to that dynamic. You know, with, when I'm faced with wondering what to do with my time and my energy and my resources, whatever it is, the dynamic will, will be different if my understanding of authority is aligned because the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me. I can't take that lightly. 2 Corinthians 1.21 says, It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first instalment that guarantees everything that he's promised us. Hang on a minute. When you, wherever you are, realise you aren't representing you, you are seeking to see an overflow of yourselves under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to bring and breathe life into places and spaces that we are interacting with. I'm, I'm, I'm seeking, we're seeking, we should be seeking under that anointing proclamation moments. A room, if it's flat, there's a gap, if there's a lull. One of, one of the greatest things we bring and offer often is leadership. Might I carry hope in? to that environment? How can we use kingdom leverage? You know, how can, we, how can we open doors for the sake of the kingdom with what is on us? Because we're to proclaim something. So we have an, a, an authority that comes from being anointed. We have an authority to proclaim. And then finally, we have an authority to comfort and to heal. What's the outworking of proclamation? Well, it's demonstration. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those um, plasma globes. Sometimes you see them in places like the, the Science Museum. It's like a, a round glass ball, kind of like this. It's like a small fish tank. And the ball is filled with a mixture of gases with a high voltage electrode at its centre. And the ball lights up with what looks like bolts of electricity that stretch from the um, from the center point and come out to the edges when a finger touches the outside of the glass. I don't know, have you seen one of them? You might YouTube it if not. Well, <clears throat> for me, that's a picture of what this is about. It's not just leaving the high voltage electrode in the center, it's getting it to touch hearts and minds. It's actually, it's, it's earthing heaven. It's bringing heaven down to earth. Do you see, see what I did there with that? I, I miss being together in person because some of you would laugh. Some of you would have heckled me for that one. Or some of you just roll your eyes at me. But anyway, proclamation leads to demonstration. The power lands for a purpose. It needs to earth. The, the, the reality of the kingdom of God is that heaven needs to touch earth. There needs to be a response to it. There needs to be an outworking of it. What's, what's the authority for? Why are we anointed? Why do we carry the authority to proclaim the kingdom, to, have, to speak something almost into being? Well, it's, it's for the outworking. It's, it's for the demonstration. It's for the comfort and for the healing. To bring about a new normal. That word has been changed in this time, but we're, we're to bring a new normal, to develop a kingdom atmosphere. You have authority to comfort and heal and man alive 
does the world around us currently need it? The world is often drained of it. If, if, if it's still searching and looking and longing for it, often in the wrong places. But we have it, we carry it, and we need to be aware of it. Galatians 2.20, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, it is Christ who lives in me. There is the authority in you. Jesus doing his bidding in you and through you. We have to remember that it's delegated authority. It's him in us. It's not ours. We're not the owners. We're just the stewards of what he wants to do. We do his bidding, but we need to be faithful stewards of all that's been entrusted to us. And he's trusted us with his authority. We represent him. 2 Corinthians 13. Verse 4, although he was crucified in weakness, he now lives by the power of God. We too are weak, just as Christ was. But when we deal with you, we will be alive with him and we will have God's power. We, we aren't just playing church. You know, we're not just in this angry ocean of a world in a rubber raft with a plastic paddle just trying to get through. We're passengers on the majesty's finest vessel, driven by the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we may be tempted to underestimate our ability to accomplish what Jesus desires. We forget that Jesus is on, on the bridge, directing the ship safely through the rough seas and finally into an eternal port. There is, there is power and authority with him at hand living in us and through us and he wants us to use it. Often we forget we have authority to comfort and to heal, to bring good news to the poor. He sent us to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim the captives will be released and that the prisoners will be freed. We've, 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 to do that, to use this authority, we've got to get it to give it. Can, can that be my first question in this final point? Are you getting healing and comfort from Jesus? Sat at his feet in regular dialogue with him, letting him speak truth and hope to set you free and release you from all that binds you. Where you find your comfort affects your authority. That is really important. Where you find your comfort is going to affect your authority. If you're finding comfort and healing in the wrong places and among the wrong people, it's going to affect your authority. Addictive behaviours, comfort blankets. Do you know what your comfort blanket is? Do you know where you turn when you feel wobbled or slightly stressed or anxious or whatever it might be? Where would you go in that moment? You know, even human comfort is sacrificing the God-given anointing that you have and you should carry. Then as we get it, we're able to give it and not just because we give it. But now that's, that's kind of part of what we're supposed to be doing. We, we get it to give it. We get it to give it. Sometimes we, we want to avoid the, the, the broken, don't we? We want to avoid a brokenness around us because it's easier and it's less costly to not. It's easier to not be around broken people. But he has sent us. He's given us authority and empowered us. He's caused us to bring a proclamation. He has sent us to comfort the brokenhearted. So where do we need to spend our time? Around the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released. So where do I need to spend my time? Around those that are captive. And that prisoners will be freed. So where do I need to spend my time? Around those that are bound so that in the name of Jesus and with his authority we can see them released. So we get called into 
places that normally you wouldn't might not want to walk into, but we go to them and we go willingly because there is an anointing and an authority on us to proclaim and see release and bring comfort and healing and to realize that that's what he's anointed us to do and given us authority to do that. And therefore, we need to get ourselves into the personally the healthiest place possible to do it. I can't, I can't free people if I'm myself trapped. I need to have spent enough time at the feet of Jesus so that what I'm giving is an overflow of his authority, not something I'm summoning and trying to find in myself. You need to know that you are anointed with authority for this. The authority have been anointed, the authority to proclaim and the authority to comfort and to heal. Some of, some of you, I, I feel, you may have no idea how to activate this. Honestly, you weren't meant to walk this out alone. We were designed to journey together as disciples of Jesus formed together together is his church this there is this is stuff in you and I believe there's stuff on you that needs unlocking and that the only way for that to happen is under the power of the Holy Spirit in community with other followers of Jesus I'm excited for what that might look like as you come to realize it and you come to see it unlocked but we have to rise up and step into it we have to step into this place of authority knowing that that's what he's anointed you for anointed you with and calling you into would you rise up in this time why don't, why don't we pray? I hope that's helpful. But let's pray together. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you. And you have anointed us. Sovereign Lord, your power, your authority is, a, is, is on us. And we, we just ask for a greater measure of that now. Some of you might want to do that almost for the first time, invite him into your hearts. But I want to pray that the Spirit of God comes upon you because he's anointed you. Come, Lord Jesus. Come in power on us now. Speak truth over us, I pray. You know, as I, I was just dwelling on this, I, I felt some of you will, um, you, you will have had times and seasons in your life that have, have scarred you and wounded you because your authority has been undermined. Not just your, your, your life authority, but your spiritual authority, where you felt knocked back, downtrodden, undermined by others, even sometimes good-meaning people, sometimes in a relationship, you know, in a family, um, family relationship or dynamic, if it, in a marriage, it might be a spouse, it might have been previous relationships. I just think some of you have been undermined. And the scar tissue from that is holding you back from what he now has for you. I just want to pray the release of that because some of you are actually captive. You are prisoners to all sorts of torments, fear, anxiety, worry, the comfort blanket. Some of you, I just believe in now the Lord is releasing some of the comfort blankets that you've, you've held on to. You know what they are and you can name them. You can renounce them and be released from them. I pray that over you. Spirit of God, we welcome you. Come in power. Come upon us, God. Just a couple of things in the moment. I just feel um, if someone's walking into a new opportunity, you feel just particularly nervous about that. Quite, you feel fretful. Is that a word? Just there's like an anxiety that's rising. And I just believe the Lord would want to lift that off you. I think somebody's got um, it's problem swallowing. It's, I don't know if it's like around your glands. You're just in pain constantly with it. It's been going on for about couple of months just believe the Lord would want to heal that there'd be a team that would love to pray with you for that if you'd like that 
I think some of you um, just you just feel drained and flat, just relentlessly flat, just like flatlining. I believe the Lord would want to bring a impartation of hope and a lift to you today. Then I, I just around this theme of the authority to bring comfort and healing, I believe for some of you there is there is there is an authority today to have you released from some of the pain that you've you've been carrying. Actually the spirit can do this quite quickly. Some things will be there's there's a supernatural quickening. You, you might have walked through some stuff for years. I just believe that the Lord actually wants to lift some of that burden off you. But I believe as well He's calling out and calling forward some um some caregivers. Not just that we rescue people, that's dangerous, we want Jesus to rescue people, but he's put an anointing on you, an authority on you to bring care and to speak life and healing. Some of you, I think, have a specific almost mandate for eyes of faith for healing. I believe that for some of you. Oh, just sense the Lord. You I wish we were here in person, but there's power through this, even through the screen. I just want to pray it over you. Lord, settle on us, land on us, bring this. Anointing. I, I just think one of the um, things the enemy has done is he's just contained what is on a number of you. He's put a lid on it, a box on it, and it's limited you. And this is, this is a powerful moment of release as you come to a fresh understanding of the, the Spirit of God. The Sovereign Lord has anointed you. He's upon you and in you and for you. Spirit work. Some of you are going to want to, a number of you are going to want to respond to what the Lord is doing. I encourage you not to rush it. There's a team that would love to pray with you. You might want to get in touch so that we could line somebody up for that. Don't not step into this moment. But let's just rest in his presence. There'll be some music playing as we as we do that. Bless you. Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.